This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hardee's invites you to try the new fiery famous star. Sizzling charbroiled burger bliss dripping with creamy zesty fiery sauce. Join us for the new fiery famous star. Only at Hardee's. Feed your happy. Available for a limited time at participating Hardee's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by The Barrel Club in Oak Lawn. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores Hockey Guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to the latest edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only pride and joy of Homewood, Illinois, Jay Zawoski of 6 to the Score and the Locked on Blackhawks Podcast. Jay, this time as we talk to each other, unfortunately, we are not surrounded by delicious foods and alcohols and spirits, but we still have plenty of things to talk about. First of all, how's your holiday season going so far? So far, so good. I am in the final stages of writing this book, and uh, I have like 10 chapters to go and two weeks to get it done, so I'm in good shape, but it's been literally consuming me for the last two months. So I'm very glad that the finish line is in sight, and it will soon be sent off to the publisher for publishing, and I think it's going to be out in the spring or something. I don't know, but it, it's getting close, and I am cannot be more excited to be almost done. Do I get an advanced copy of it, or do I have to go to uh, Barnes & Noble and buy it? If I get an advanced copy, you will have one. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a fair deal, and what I will do in exchange is I'll buy it for friends and family, and all of you should, too. Dang it. I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll just, when, I, when I finish a chapter, I'll just send you the, the, doc, the doc file. Ooh. <laughs> you can just read it I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll read a PDF. Sure. Why the heck not? <laughs> anyway, we've got some Hawk stuff to get into, but before we do... Want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast, madhousepod at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, at madhousepod. And, uh, yeah, make sure you rate and review and subscribe and all those great things you do with podcasts. Whatever podcast you listen to, those subscriptions, those ratings, and those reviews help out big time. So if you're a fan of podcasts, help out the podcast you love by reviewing them and rating them. Five stars, of course. Nothing lower than five stars. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm at James Naveau, and he's at Jay Zawoski 670 That's there. correct. Boom. All right. Well, we have a, you know, the Hawks won two games on Thursday and Friday since we last spoke after the embarrassing loss to the St. Louis Blues after our Barrel Club event. Uh, they beat the Bruins in overtime. They beat the Devils in a shootout. And then last night, they lose to the Coyotes in a shootout. And I saw a lot of people wanting to take the... Coyotes loss to the Robin Leonard sucks at shootouts. What are we going to do thing? And on my list of things that went wrong 
in last night's game, Robin Leonard is probably maybe the very last thing that I'm worried about. He was outstanding for 65 minutes last night. I looked at the uh, box score after the game, or the advanced stats rather. He stopped five of six high danger chances against, and those high danger chances were high danger, high danger chances. He was insane. So yeah, the shootout thing isn't great, but guess what? How about don't take a penalty in overtime in the offensive zone, mm-hmm. Taves? I know we had three <laughs> points last night, but come on. that That's something that just cannot happen. Oh, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taves on this podcast, both good and bad. So I'm glad you brought him up. We also, I think, need to talk about the big topic of the day in terms of the game last night, and it's the one that every uh, reporter on the team basically dug into last night, which was Dennis Gilbert, good or bad, that he took the fighting penalty and the instigator and all of that after that hit uh, during the game that was not called a penalty, by the way, should have been, as far as I'm concerned. Was it a good thing or a bad thing that he took that penalty and took that fight? Jay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you have the floor, even though I know you did discuss this on today's edition of the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Uh, It's bad. And here's, look, even if, it's just stupid. Jason Demers plays a lot. He's on the ice. He played 16 minutes last night, and that's with a fighting major, right? So you're probably looking at 17, 18 minutes of ice time for Demers overall. If you want to get back at him for the hit on Debrinkit, the opportunity is going to present itself. You've got a 3-2 lead. Your penalty kill is trash. And I get, look, I'm not really blaming Dennis Gilbert so much as I'm blaming those that are sort of feeding this, like, hey, if you want to stick around, you got to fight and you got to be tough. Screw that. He's doing fine. I like that he plays physical, but going to chase down Jason Demers, getting a two-minute instigator penalty that, of course, the uh, Coyotes score on, then a 10-minute misconduct, which forces your defensive partners, your defensive teammates to play minutes they're not ready to play. It was an all-around bad decision. And look, I'm glad he wants to play here, and I'm glad he gives it all, and I'm glad he stands up for his teammates, but you've got to know the situation. Was that the difference in the game? Maybe not, but 3-2 is better than 3-3 last time I checked. And again, when you know your penalty kill is not great, why give them that opportunity? Did it switch momentum? Not at all. He won that fight handily. It was not even close. And Arizona scores right away, and from then on, they sort of take the game over. So it didn't work at all. It didn't accomplish any of the things you wanted it to accomplish. So what's the point? We have gotten far enough in hockey now where we know we can mathematically go and look when a fight was won what was the result more often than not the team that lost the fight air quotes scores the next goal it's but debunked that's a big part of the reason you don't see fighting nearly as much as we did in the 80s 90s and early 2000s yeah um i think that we have seen it pretty conclusively at least with the blackhawks over the years that if you deliberately make yourself you put yourself shorthanded with one of the NHL's worst penalty killing units, what's going to happen? You're going to end up getting scored on, and the Coyotes ended up tying the game. And like you said, if anybody seemed to get momentum from that fight, it was Arizona. I think that I don't blame Dennis Gilbert for what he did for the same reason you don't, because I feel like the culture of hockey and that kind of team mentality always is going to kind of have that in the back of the guy's mind that he needs to stand up for his teammate. And yeah, It was BS that that penalty wasn't called, and it should have been. And, you know, later in the game, maybe you go, you you give Demers a hit. You kind of ask him, like, hey, you want to fight? Like, you idiot. Like, do you want to go? 
in the moment though, it's always very tough because you're probably going to end up getting tagged with that instigator penalty in a situation like that. So I think that for maybe for a veteran hockey player, they would have known not to do that. But I think that ultimately kind of the culture of hockey and just that like macho rah, rah stuff ended up playing into it there. And it obviously did hurt the team. I think that, you know, it obviously was a really bad penalty. I don't like that he did it. And I know all of his teammates and his head coach stood up for him and basically said, look, we need to kill off the penalty in that situation. We like that Dennis did what he did, but we have to follow through. You know what? Don't put yourself in that situation. I know it's yeah. really hard. It goes against a lot of ingrained wisdom about hockey, but I I don't think he should have done it, and I think it was a very poor decision, and just it's something that you know the team needs to realize. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're just flat out bad on the penalty kill. So I think that they really need to rethink that in the future. And, and, and just, you know, for people who have listened to this podcast for a long time, this is not James and I, you know, using hindsight. You know, we've sort of been on the anti-fighting thing for a long time because, like we said, it, it truly doesn't accomplish much, you know. And maybe if it makes a guy hold up on a hit at one point in the game, you could you could argue that, well, then it worked, right? Instead of elbowing Alex Dabrinkit in the face, the next time he just sort of gently checked him. That's not quantifiable, and I get that, and there probably is some truth to that overall. But look, it's not just a two-minute penalty either. You're already playing without Duncan Keith. You've got Slater effing cuckoo on the penalty kill. You can't put your team down a defenseman for 10 minutes. You can't do that. Yeah. And a good way to play Dennis Gilbert is to not be given a misconduct, right? Again, you're going to have your chances. He's getting ice time. Demers is getting ice time. Pick your spot. Find your hit later. And after you finish that check, remind him, don't check number 12. Don't touch yeah. 88. Don't touch 19. Right? Yep. You get in their ear. They know. Those guys, he knew that was Alex Debrinkit. He doesn't need Dennis Gilbert's fists to remind him that was Alex Debrinkit. He really doesn't. <laughs> Just find your spot later. Line him up, and then he'll remember. Right? He's going to remember. Oh, God. Number 39's out there. He lined me up last game after I hit Debrinkit. Now I won't do it. A, a four-second fight, it doesn't accomplish anything. I, I, I think there's so many opportunities in the game to go and get that revenge in a clean way that doesn't put your team behind just do it the game's designed to let you finish a check go do that instead yeah and if the referee calls a two-minute penalty on you for that then you know what it's poor refereeing it's not exactly your fault i well, mean he yeah. obviously earned every minute of the penalties that he was assigned so well, and that's fine but yeah. but then you even if it's a two-minute penalty and that's it, there's not a 10-minute misconduct tied to it. And it's not killing your team like who's already taxed depth-wise. It's not killing you to do that. Exactly. Anyway, there was a lot yeah, more to that and game. And again, like you said, this is not us, you know, being like, you know, after the fact, Monday morning quarterbacking this thing. This is something that we've said over and over again, that this notion that a fight instills your team with momentum is pretty much bunk at this point. Yeah. And if that's your defense for it, then the, there's nothing. There's not a lot that really backs you up there, at least in my eyes. Hey, if you're looking for some uh, outfitting for your corporation or your uh, local sports team, you got a hockey team, a bowling league, or you got you know you're, you and your uh, company are going out to a conference, hit up our friends at Triple Threat Sports. They provided our Madhouse Podcast T-shirts that we had at the Barrel Club. We sold a whole bunch of those. That was great. So thanks to everyone that came out to that and bought a T-shirt. 
Um, but Triple Threat Sports is the place to go for your logo design, for your outfitting, for everything. So hit them up, triplethreatsports.com, or email chris at triplethreatsports.com, 708-478-6090. If you can wear it, Triple Threat Sports can make it. And another thing that uh, is irritating me about last night's game, when you look at the leaders in possession from the game against Arizona, it's Zach Smith, it's Kirby Doc, and it's Ryan Carpenter. And we can go on and say, you know, small sample size, yada, 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 and, and that's probably true, but that's my problem. When you've got those guys playing as well as they did, Kirby Doc played 801. Ryan Carpenter played uh, 1622, but again, they were shorthanded a lot. You know, and Zach Smith, who's been playing, I think he's been playing pretty well lately, 1023. It doesn't matter if they're not your star players. If they're getting results, keep them out there on the ice. And that was the other thing that, that sort of gnawed at me about last night's game. And look, the Hawks could have won that game. Yeah, they were outplayed and they were outshot, but we're pretty used to that. They were in that game until the end. And when you've got guys who are doing well and who are creating possession, put them on the ice. Let them play. And then if they start to fall off, and if you feel like the sample size is getting reduced and you're seeing them struggle, then take them off. But don't take them off in prediction that it's going to stop. They were doing great. They were all, all, all three of those guys were over 60% in five-on-five five possession. Get them out there. Good things were happening when the Doc Smith-Carpenter line was on the ice, and it's been that way all year. Yeah, I really have liked the uh, Doc-Carpenter pairing, by the way. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, I, I really think that Jeremy Collinson may have hit on something with that. I kind of like having their two skill sets together. And like you said, though, I still do want to be seeing Kirby Doc for more than eight minutes yeah. in a 65-minute hockey game. And then he threw him out there in the shootout. It's like, oh, yeah, I bet he's like super, you know, his edge is right there. He's definitely where he needs to be. No, he has, he's barely <laughs> been playing. Like, you're expecting him to go out there and, you know, be able to weave magic on a shootout move. It's just, it's not going to happen. Well, we got to talk that's about a, the that's one That's akin to putting oh, Corey Crawford in the game for a shootout to me. Well, that one like, he If scored... you're not playing him in the flow of the game, he's not going to be able to, you know, execute the way that he would be if he had a little bit more run under his legs. Yeah, that goal he scored against New Jersey, though. That shootout goal was just ridiculous. Yeah, it, oh, it's true. That was it, sexy. And, it, and it was sick. I'm going to do a 10-part podcast on that on that shootout goal. Alone. <laughs> We're going to do a freaking like ESPN <laughs> three. Like, yeah, what is that E60 or what is the? Uh, oh, uh, 30 for 30. Yeah. What if I told you that one shootout goal would give you a giant hockey erection? The what, Kirby Doc story. Frickin', <laughs> you freaking uh, Matt Spiegel now? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that but I'm not Matt Spiegel. Um, okay. You sort of got to it, and let's I, I suppose we should pay, pay it some lip service. The concept of putting Corey Crawford out there for the shootout alone. I want to put you, the fan, let's remember that the NHL is not NHL 20 on your PlayStation, okay, where you just hit a button and your goalies change. You're Jeremy Cowden. Robin Leonard has stopped 47 of 49 shots that Arizona has thrown at you, right? Then you go to him and say, hey, good job, bud. We're going to put Corey in for the shootout. And look, Leonard has said, I suck at shootouts. I get it. He's acknowledged it. He's admitted it. All those qualifiers, of course. But it's really hard for me as a coach to look at that dude after putting out the performance he put out and take him out. And never mind the fact that putting Corey Crawford in ice cold is a bad idea, too. I, I just... I know that's what everybody wants to do, 
but it's not it doesn't work that way it's not just it's not a video game you can't just plug guys in and expect them to be like Corey Crawford in a shootout cold is not the same as Corey Crawford in a shootout when he's played 65 minutes the expectation can't be the same We've talked about this. Uh, I believe we talked about it at our podcast event last week, if I'm not mistaken. And I I am of the opinion that the shootout is essentially a coin flip. And I think there's no there's no compelling reason to me to make a switch at that point. Like, yeah, you're going to, you know, potentially have a guy who's better at shootouts, quote unquote. But you cited some statistics that definitely made it pretty clear to me that it's been a like just kind of a roller coaster thing for every goaltender in the league. Some years they're really good at it. Some years they're bad. It all kind of evens out in the end. It seems like because it's just such a fluke chancy thing. I would not do it. Even if the Blackhawks get to game 82 and they need one more point to get into the postseason. I think you play whatever goaltender is in the game at the time that regular play ends. Like that to me, you just, you can't throw an ice cold goalie in there. This is not D2, the Mighty Ducks are back or whatever that movie is called. You can't go with Julie the Cat Gaffney just because she has a quick glove. That's not how this works. I think that the Blackhawks definitely need to keep whichever goaltender is in at that moment. They need to keep him in the game. And Robin Leonard, I get the sense that Robin Leonard is capable of fighting through these difficulties. And I think that the more shootouts that he gets into, the more likely it is that he's going to hit on something that potentially works. Well, and look, going into last night's shootout, we've used the term, the cliche, I guess is more accurate, coin flip over and over again. Going into last night's shootout, he was 48% for his career. That's a coin flip number. And I will, I will admit that watching him in the shootout is very uncomfortable. You can tell that Robin Leonard is not confident in his abilities in the shootout. But the mm-hmm. only way for him to get out of that is to have him take part in shootouts. Yeah. Even if here, even if it's in practice, right? You've got your guys line up and, and maybe just have him fire it into his glove or for, <laughs> just make him feel better <laughs> about his ability to stop the puck. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I don't think the answer is pull him out for the shootout. That's even if you could theoretically put Crawford in the locker room take some shots on him or put him on an exercise bike or whatever to get him warm. It just seems really far-fetched for him to come off the bench cold and go in there and be expected to perform in a shootout. Robin Leonard is not going to be a 0% shootout goalie this year. He's not. It's you assure p- me of this? Can you can you comfort me with that knowledge? No, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Robin Leonard is not going to be a 0% shootout goalie. I have 75% certainty that that's true. Uh, All right, all right. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't know. We've got some news to get to. Um, Why don't we do that on the other side of a break? First, I want to tell you about our friends at Barrel Club. We had, what, 50, 60 people come out for Monday's remote? Unbelievable. Third, 49. number. Yeah, 4910 West 111th Street in Oklahoma. We've told you about their NHL flight. They are doing a Jack Daniels bottle engraving. Uh, event coming up here so go out to the barrel club and get your jack daniels gentleman jack bottle engraved with your name on it uh looks like a really great deal let me pull up the information here i'm really uh you know i'm really prepared this is actually tonight december 9th from 6 to 8 p.m take home a personalized bottle of gentleman jack engraver will be on site to personalize the front of your bottle 
and all bottles will have the Barrel Club logo engraved on the back. Forty-five dollars for a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle of Gentleman Jack—that's a great deal. Not to mention that your name's engraved on there. So go go tonight to the Barrel Club. Try the amazing steak. I had a giant steak from there. I know you had the bone-in meatloaf, and the cocktails are absolutely tremendous. They have cocktail flights. I had the peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly. I had a hibiscus cocktail and a pear cocktail. They were all stupendous. So go visit our friends at the Barrel Club. Again, 4910 West 111th Street in Oklahoma. We'll be right back with information on who's called up, who's on long-term injured reserve, and a whole lot more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Average weight loss, 15.4 pounds in first two months. Are guaranteed cancel within first 14 days. Discount with two months of auto delivery. Food charge and shipped every four weeks. Call or see website for details. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow. And you'll see results in your first week. Just text BODY to 323232. You'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat burning mode. Text BODY to 323232. 232 right now and get 50% off a month of meals and shakes. That's right, 50% off a month of meals and 50% off a month of shakes with probiotics to help support your immune system. Just text BODY to 323232 right now. There's even a money back guarantee. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem, and you can too. Lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. Just text BODY to 323232. That's B O D Y to 323232. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here, James Neville out there in Bourbon A. He's the owner of a brand new Hyundai. He just bought a new car today. Congratulations, James. Yeah, tell all the people so they can rob me of my vehicle. He lives at... <laughs> Blah blah blah, and Bourbon A, right next. It to probably the wouldn't be that hard. Bourbon A has like six people in it. Yeah, I'm sure you're in the white pages. We shouldn't give people ideas, though. Please do not murder James. This is my holiday request. <laughs> but if you want to murder yourself, some barbecue, some Mexican, some Cajun food, head out to Chuck Southern Converse Cafe in Burbank and Darien. That might have been my finest segue ever, by the way. Yeah, you're killing me with that. <laughs> Again, we're not killing James. I cannot reiterate enough. There'll be no killing of James Neveau. At least no until doubt. the new year. Anyway, got a listener tagged us. They went to Chuck's this weekend, tried the Coach Anita Pabil. We love it when you tag us when you visit our sponsors. That means that their money is paying off. So go visit Chuck's Cafe, Burbank Dairy. And again, the Saturday special is that Coach Anita Pabil. It is a pork shoulder marinated, uh, prepared in banana leaves. Unbelievable dish. Tremendous. Awesome. I saw an episode of, uh, what is the show with David Chang? I can't ugly delicious. Is that what it's called? 
They did sound. A, I don't know. Actually, yeah, they did one on Coach Nita Pabil, and it was incredible. Um, it was on the Tacos episode. Check it out. But go to Chuck's. Try the barbecue, the Cajun, the Mexican, and if you just want a burger, you just want wings. You're not going to find a better burger or wings or whatever at Chuck's. All the foods there is, is great. So Chuck'sCafe.com, Burbank, Darien, go visit. So we've got some roster news to report today. Uh, good news first is Adam Boquist is back. That's a good thing. We're very excited about that. That's a guy who I've wanted to watch all year long, and the Hawks finally brought him back up. Matthew Highmore has also been recalled. Uh, I guess the bad side of things is that Andrew Shaw has been placed on long-term injured reserve, but that is retroactive uh, to November 30th, which means he can return on the 27th of December against the New York Islanders. So you're looking at the better part of three weeks without Shaw, and Duncan Key still sort of remains in limbo. Um, Not really sure. I know he didn't make the trip to Vegas, Arizona, and St. Louis. So I I wonder, though, do you consider St. Louis part of the trip? I wonder if they'll come home. I don't know. But that it looks like at least three more games without Duncan Keith. Yeah, and it's kind of it's bringing it up to me. Like, why on earth don't they just put him on long-term injured reserve if he's not going to play the next three games? Yeah, we did the math, and that would have been he'd be eligible to come off long-term injured reserve on the 18th, if my math is correct. Just just do it. I know that you don't. You're, it's not like you have a bunch of defensemen beating down the door to come up to Chicago. And it's not like you have to free up a whole bunch more salary right now. But at least give yourself the flexibility. Like if another guy like goes down with an injury, you don't want a situation again where you're dressing 11 and six. Right. Like there's no reason to do that. I think that the Blackhawks have been trying to put it off as much as they can because they don't want to rule out Duncan Keith for the whole 10 games. But at this point, you're getting close enough. It's like, you know what? If you miss by a day or two and he's like able to come back in game nine, great. That's wonderful. But the way that they're having to like go through all these injuries right now with Drake Kajula not going on the trip and now Andrew Shaw is on long-term injured reserve, you might as well play it cautiously and get another kid up here and have some cap space to play with because this thing is just walk and mash unit right now, man. I don't understand why they just don't do this simple paper transaction and just let Duncan Keith get healthy, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. Uh, I've asked a couple of people why they haven't done that, and I haven't gotten an answer back yet. If I do, I will tweet about it. Um, but I, I do not have a definitive answer as to why. And it's not that they don't know, they just haven't responded yet. Um, so I don't know exactly why it hasn't been. But you're right. It, it does seem like at this point a paper transaction. And so if he's not making the trip for the next three games, that's they're back home Sunday against Minnesota. Then they play Wednesday and Thursday against the Avalanche Jets. Then again, Saturday against the Avalanche again. That should be fun. Um, <laughs> I bet that's going to be a real thrilling game. A, yeah, we should do a post game podcast after that, and all it's going to be is us drinking heavily and yelling <laughs> "Why?" into microphones. Well, that's a typical podcast, for us. but no, it, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. They must feel like he's close, but again, so maybe he plays Sunday. If he plays Sunday, then maybe I can understand it, right? But I, I don't know. But you're right. They don't have a ton of guys who are really ready to call. Like at this point. Bokos is already up. Gilbert's already up. Who's your call up at this point? Is it Holm? Philip Holm, who played decently Maybe. in the preseason. I sort of liked his game, but boy, we're get, it's December and we're already in the like ninth, tenth, eleventh defenseman range here. That not good. Not a formula for success by any means. 
I don't understand what you mean. It's not a good thing that you're losing, like, basically every flipping defenseman on your roster. Well, the good news is that Boquist is here. Let's let's spend some time on that. And to me, this is – it's going to be really interesting how the pairings shake out. I can't wait to see what sort of – and today, by the way, was an optional practice. Boquist was there. It was a lot of the young players there. Most of the veterans were not there. So we didn't get a preview of what the lines might look like Tuesday night in Vegas. But – I don't know how you mean is... having gar- you mean garbage can will not be starting in net. No, I hope not. I hope what not. a bummer. Yeah, the Hawks always have been pretty good this year, believe it or not. Yeah, that would kind of <laughs> suck if they had to go with garbage can. I don't know. I, th- I thought maybe we'd get a preview and we just we didn't. It's fine. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting, though. Like, are you going to have I'm just trying to envision what the lines are going to be. Um, I really have no idea. Like I've been trying to draw it out on paper. Like I, I don't know. I truly don't know. So we're gonna see just a bunch of flipping question yeah. marks. Yeah. Well, and that's Bolquist and Gustafson on the same unit is going to be quite a thing, especially without Duncan Keith there. Oh, because some... I cannot wait for this thing. Someone's this got is a going to either be like spectacularly amazing <laughs> or it's going to be an absolute disaster. And I'm kind of leaning towards the latter. Connor Murphy's going to play 30 minutes. He's going to play oh. <laughs> <laughs> anytime Gustafson or Boquist is on the ice. Murphy's going to be out there just standing in front of the goalie. He'll be like the opposite of uh, cherry picking. <laughs> He's gonna uh, Slater Cuckoo is going to play so much. They're going to give him two more O's and two more K's for his name. Oh man. Can we be like, here him... you go, buddy. You earn these. What? We've talked about this before, but what is the fascination with why are they so afraid of losing him? Do you think teams are lined up to take Slater F and Cuckoo off your hands? I'm going to change that to his middle name, by the way, because I use it so often. Slater F and Cuckoo? F and Cuckoo. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. I don't get There's it. just a loud buzzing noise when I try to say Eric Gustafson's name because there's so much like rage behind it. Well, it's just, look, Cuckoo's, just, like, at least with Gustafson, you're getting the offensive output for the most part. He's been. He's good on the power play. I thought actually in the game against Arizona, he made some nice defensive plays, just sort of getting the puck out of a corner, winning some board battles. So wow, he did the things that you're supposed to do. What a miracle! But I just don't, I just don't understand what Cuckoo is bringing. He's fine, but he's just a guy. Like if he, he is was... a 25 year old defenseman making basically the NHL minimum. Like I don't see the fascination. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's your. Maybe you're saying he's making so little money, and we know that he can at least hang on a top six, right on a bottom pair. He can at least be serviceable. But hey, Jay, you know how you wouldn't have to deal with uh, cap issues? How's that? If you put Duncan Keith on long-term injured reserve? No, I know, but I just mean kind of more long-term. Even with Keith healthy, he's still on the roster. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really understand what the fear is with him. What are, What are they afraid of losing? And if they do, you can't find another guy like that. Maybe it's because you're telling up... me you're telling me Dennis Gilbert can't play up to Slater Cuckoo level. Yeah, I I prefer him anyway. I'd play He's him younger. You have him under contract for longer. Also, a left-handed defenseman. I don't see the problem. No, I really don't. Um, to that I've been saying it for months though. That's Cuckoo would be the guy I send down. Bokovic is here full time from here on out because I think we've reached the point where. Maybe the focus of the season needs to be development. Yes. And you try to compete with the veterans you have, but you've got to get some guys. More minutes for Doc. Get Boquist up here playing full-time. Get him on the power play. Start using these guys the way you plan on using them down the road. So when you are ready to compete again, whatever that might be, those guys are plug-and-play ready to go, and they're the ones leading you 
to the next era of Blackhawks hockey instead of catching up with it. They I might it. chug an entire bottle of moonshine if Kirby Doc is still playing eight minutes a game at the end of this month. It makes no sense. And I know they were I, shorthanded a lot, so that that plays a role. He doesn't play in the penalty kill. But still, find you got once you're in even strength, get him out there. Mix up the they, use the line blender every now and again if you have to. Get him out. I'm not like the David Camp fascination is another thing. I don't really get like he's a guy. That's a guy who played 15 minutes last night. David Camp. Mm-hmm. What? Like, <laughs> and it was four four forty seven on the penalty kill. So it's not a typical night for him. But one shot on goal in 15 minutes. I I don't know. I the, the some of the favoritism these guys get over guys who are clearly better and more talented. It just baffles me. It baffles me. I thought we were over the favoritism. Like what? When did that come back? I don't know. I wonder if it came back when, you know, Jeremy Collin was told, like, communicate with your players, change your system. I mean, as much as we agree with what he was told to do, it absolutely neuters a head coach. And we should talk about people who have been sending us this video all day of Jonathan Taves yelling to or at Jeremy Collin on the bench. And I don't want to look. I think our minds can take us where we want it to go. If we're right. feeling negatively about Jeremy Cowlton and, John- and Jonathan Taves' relationship, we can look at that and say, look at Taves yelling at him or telling him to F off or whatever. We have no evidence that that's what happened. They could have both been complaining about the same thing, right? But you could've see been. what looks like tension on the bench, and your mind's going to connect some dots there. Mm-hmm. By the way, I wanted to hit you with a stat that uh, Brian Sandalo of the Chicago Sun-Times tweeted out earlier today. Okay. Uh Jeremy Colleton has now coached 97 games with the Blackhawks in his career. That is the number of games Joel Quenville coached after the Blackhawks got swept out of the playoffs in 2017 by the Predators. He was in charge for 97 more games and he got fired. Okay. In his final 97 games of Chicago, Quenville went 39, 45, and 13. It was 91 points. Colleton in his first 97 games of the Blackhawks is 42, 40, and 15. That's 99 points. So, so Cal- you're telling me Jeremy Colleton will be, when it's all said and done, the second winningest coach in NHL history, surpassing Joel Quenville. <laughs> yep, I think that's exactly <laughs> what Brian was going for with that statistic. <laughs> or, more likely, he was trying to say, things really aren't better with Jeremy Colleton in charge. Why is he getting more leash and more slack than Joel Quenville did? My response to that would be that Colleton, obviously, is I don't think he's dealing with a roster that was as good as the one that Quenville had in the 2017-18 season. And I would also say that, you know, who else are you going to go out and get right now? Well, that's it. I mean, that's it. You can, And even if you wanted to plug in Mark Crawford, you can't at this point with, all, with what's going on around him. Um, I, I sort of take issue with the fact that you said that he didn't have a, a, as good of a roster. I don't know if that's true. And I'm going to pull up the 17-18 roster. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jordan Osterley, John Hayden, Thomas Yurko. These are all guys we felt, felt pretty good about, but didn't actually do anything when they were here. Michael Kempney yeah. is an exception. That's a guy who we, a lot of us thought was good, yeah. um, but Q wouldn't play him. Anthony Duclair, uh, Tommy Wingles. God, that, that experiment. <laughs> and the ghost of Patrick Sharp was on that team. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if it's that much of a difference, but... 
I don't know. I think it's just tough to to fire Cowton so quickly. It's tough to admit that because again, when you fire him, for the most part, you're pretty much putting a nail in Sam Bowman's coffin too. And I know the Hawks are really hesitant to do that, right or wrong. For whatever reason, Bowman's got a huge leash, and I've been kind of a Bowman defender over the years, but I don't know how you can let him hire a new coach and then fire him what 100 110 whatever it would be games into his coaching career and then say okay now hire another coach i i think that ultimately what will happen is if they decide that jeremy colleton is not the answer at head coach i think he and bowman both go in april i don't think they're going to fire colleton in season no matter what conversations he's having with jonathan taves on the bench I don't see it happening. Unless I think, get... I think it's a lot more likely that they pull the trigger and trade somebody like Robin Leonard in season than I do them uh, firing Colleton. I agree with you. Unless it gets untenable. Unless there's like public, visible issues with players and the coach, that would be the one exception. But I don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. Um, I think you're right. And I think when I wrote about it last month for 670 The Score and talked about it on the podcasts. The idea was, if you're unhappy with Cowton, you just plug Mark Crawford in and let him go. But now you can't. You can't do that because of what came out. And whether you agree that he should be, it doesn't matter. The Hawks cannot now all of a sudden name Mark Crawford the head coach. They can't. Boy, that's a PR disaster yeah. in waiting if they hire him and then stuff comes out about him and then they're like, holy crap. Then it's Like another... what, they fire him too? Yes. So, James, I believe what you are saying is correct. If they decide Cowan's not the guy, he's fired at the day after 82 games, and then I, Bowman's got to go. You can't you let him think. hire another coach. You can't. No. You cannot let that happen. And he's, with the payroll, he's let this get to the point that it's at. I think that in that situation, Bowman has to go. And if things continue the way they are, where the Hawks are towards the bottom of the Western Conference, you let him sort of rebuild this roster and spend some free agent dollars, and he did it incorrectly or even if you like the players he brought in they weren't a fit for the head coach and that's a fireable offense too so it wouldn't shock me if the last day of the season both Cowton and Bowman are let go you can't just do Cowton it's got to be both or maybe just Bowman but if it's just Bowman you're pretty much saying you screwed up the coach hire. That's why you're fired. It's got to be both, and you just start. Fresh I, with the I do not regime. see a scenario in which they fire Bowman and not Colleton. Like that to me is, I Jeremy Colleton's not that good of a coach that I'd be willing to fire a GM and make that new GM keep him as the coach. Maybe let the GM make that decision, but not just like, hey, Colleton's our guy. You have to work with him. That not only seems silly to me, it also probably would limit the candidates you could potentially draw in to run this thing. Yeah. Well, it's this week, you know, I've said this a couple times this year where like the week seems critical and then they always seem to just kind of like the week, like eh, we won one, we lost one. So you can't really glean too much, but Vegas, Arizona, St. Louis, those are two of those three. They sh- they probably could win, right? You'd make the argument that they can beat Arizona. They can beat Vegas. They just beat St. Louis. Or I'm sorry, they just got smoked by St. Louis. You should beat Minnesota Sunday, and then it gets really tough. Should beat Minnesota, but remember, Minnesota was one of the hottest teams in the uh, NHL. So I don't know. This next couple weeks are going to be 
pretty definitive. And if it's well, they're they're off to a rip roaring start. You know what? We're only five months away from them hiring Peter Chiarelli and probably killing us all by doing. Oh that. dear God! Bite your tongue, man. <laughs> Oh my God! If they okay, if they hired Peter Peter Chiarelli, what would you do? Like, how do you even react to that? I they can't. Why they, not? They can't. They, you just can't because it's impossible. Why would you hire a he, guy he, who's a he won a Stanley Cup? He won a Stanley Cup. Stop. Don't forget. Stop it. You know they can't. There's no way in hell. It's he's gonna, only 55 years old. You know he's going to want to get back into the NHL. But here, I want you to mark this right now, okay? It's December 9th, 2019. It's 3.09 p.m. when I'm saying this. The next general manager of the Blackhawks is Al McIsaac. Whenever it happens, that's who it's going to be. Hmm. All right, let's end the podcast on that prediction. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you gave us something to chew on, uh... In the uh, interim here. I like that. Good job, Jack. All right. Well, you've got, you know, probably five months to think about it. But want to let you know and thank our sponsors, of course. We've not mentioned Marishka's yet. Our original sponsor, family-owned and operated since 1933. Go out there. Try the poor boy. Try the twice-baked potato. Try the Yodel Burger. That's James's favorite. They've got a great craft beer menu. Everything at Marishka's is great. Bring your family. 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. So go to Marishka's, tell them the Madhouse podcast sent you, take a picture of your food. We'll retweet it. We want these businesses to know that they're getting to the Madhouse audience's ears and those, and you guys are visiting. They want to hear from you. If you come, they want to know their money is well spent. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. James, thank you for joining me. Congrats on a new vehicle. Thank you. This has been the Madhouse Chicago hockey podcast. We are sponsored by triple threat sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. The Barrel Club in Oaklawn, 4910 West 111th Street. Join their Spirit of the Month Club at BarrelClubIllinois.com. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit Chuck'sCafe.com. And like we just told you, Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. We will talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Have a great rest of your week. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, 
piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.